And welcome to another Round the Rotary podcast with me, your host, J.P. Warren. And thank you for everyone tuning in uh, today. Uh, and wherever you're listening from, if uh, after the show, if you'd like to leave a review and uh, uh, comments and everything like that, it's greatly appreciated. You can find Round the Rotary on YouTube, uh, Instagram, round underscore the underscore rotary, underscore J.P. Warren on uh, Instagram. And uh, sign up. We've got a lot of stuff behind the scenes um, and also just kind of day-to-day life of, uh, of Round the Rotary podcast. But before we begin, i got to say that Round the Rotary podcast is brought to you by Capital Petroleum Consultants. CPC specialize in project engineering and well site supervision in all disciplines of the oil and gas industry. Contact us through www.capitalpetroleumconsultants.com to see what CPC can do for you today. Dude. What do you I, think? I feel like it gets better every single time I hear it. It's, 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 like, it's, it's the podcast voice. It's podcast voice. Man. You gotta, you gotta, it's so good. You got to bring it in. Talk about this. It. I'm very That's interested. It. Yeah, it's, 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 that, uh, it's that movie uh, preview announcer voice right there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I like to do it in Spanish. It's like, Sabado, 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 Vientem, Cuatro, Nacinema, Seis, Television, Unimundo. Adora, adora, adora. That's great, man. No, super excited to be here. Can't thank you enough for having me. Just wanted to uh, come by, check out the place, man. It's so nice. It's so nice. Well, you know what, though? I'm glad that you are excited. And uh, for those of you that are listening, and we haven't even introduced the guest today, which is uh, which is kind of uh, which is great right now. Right now, this is a uh, for the. I'm sure people that know this gentleman actually can identify the voice, but this is a uh, 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 Bryson Varner. Varner. Yes, is that sir. Correct? Varnay? Yes, sir. V, I think, v is in Victor. I, think, I get I th- so sick of saying that. I think if you were in a Louis, it'd be Varnier or something like that. He's the accounts manager and technical sales at uh, Cathedral Energy Services. And you just came in from Oklahoma. Yes, sir. Right? Yeah. Nope. Just running around trying to burn up the highways. And, and, it, was, it, and, and it was just for this podcast, right? You didn't see any uh, of your frustumers or anything like oh, that? Oh, no. No. And that was what I was going to ask you, too, on the, the frustumer thing, just to, to clarify I always thought those were customers you were frustrated at. No, those are just called customers. Those are just called customers. There you go. Yeah, yeah. No, so. frustumers is a is one of those things where it's like you know when you're shooting shooting the bull with someone, you're like, oh yeah, he's a he's a, he's a customer, but he's a friend. I just short, it's it's frustumer, you know. It's okay. it's it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a, Shorten the words, you know. Work, no, work. I get it. Yeah, it's like be, when you're let's, talking about let's it, get you're lazier. Always... Let's get lazier. Let's just combine two words. Oh yeah, no, it's like you're always talking about one of your customers, but it's like, dude, he's not a customer. It's like it's an actual friend. He's a friend, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Always, always tell people I should have, uh, I should have expensed uh, my daughter's uh, birthday party two years ago because like ninety percent of it was my customers. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. So man, so uh, first off, thanks for coming to the show, man. Thanks for taking the trip down uh, from uh, Oklahoma to here. So where in Oklahoma are you at? Uh, live in a small town, kind of south of. Uh, Oklahoma City. Uh, it's called Blanchard. Uh, okay. We've been out there for a little bit and uh, just super excited about it, man. So you just, came on in. Is this your first podcast you've done? This is the first podcast I've ever been a part of. Yes, I've sir. seen your stuff and it's hilarious. For those that, 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 uh, that are on LinkedIn, uh, you got to go check out uh, some, of the, some of the videos and we're going to get into that later. We're not going to get into that now. Um, we'll get into that later in the podcast on kind of, I guess, where, it, where the idea came from and kind of where you get your, 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 your wide array of funny original videos and clips that you've been posting, which is, it's such a great quick, like 15 to 30 second little commercials that you've been doing. And you're really kind of taking apart, kind of like bringing in your own individual uh, lifestyle into, which is hilarious by the way. So we're going to get that a little bit, but uh, you made the trip down here. Uh, You've been doing a lot of uh, traveling uh, lately. A little bit of traveling, uh, primarily just there in Oklahoma city. Spent my whole life uh, in the mid con, you know, uh, just, Working the rigs out in that direction, and 
Uh, you know, it's uh, born and raised. You first, much, so. you, you second generation oil field? No. So I grew up in a, a small town, Paul's Valley, Oklahoma. So my dad, he was an optometrist and a big angler. So he drew a circle around Lake Texoma with what he thought would be decent driving distance to go striper fishing. Okay. And uh, so he was going to start his practice in a small little town, uh, and uh, he picked picked Paul's Valley. So it's like, dude, I'm just so – it was like Bubba Gump Shrimp Company, man, with like striper tacos and striper uh, soup and striper salad and striper jerky. And it's like – so anyways, but that's uh, – Wait a minute. Where was all this striper stuff at? Well, no, he was just a fisherman. And so, he would just – oh, yeah, everything every he caught. Every single Wednesday, he, just... he would take it and – oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just – it was all we ate. Big health nuts, you know, all that thing. Yeah, so it was good. But, so uh, so let's let's get let's get back to so grew up there. Your dad was an optometrist and yes, an angler. Yeah. All right. And uh worked a bunch of different little odd jobs. Um, you know, picking pecans, mowing grass. Uh, I think I had a little gig there making five cents a bell, helping my buddy's dad, you know, haul hay. And So you've had, growing up, you just had all these uh, random odd jobs. What was, what was your least favorite one? Uh, I Well, I would say probably hauling hay for a nickel a bell. Uh, you you get to counting your money and you're like, holy crap, dude, I worked like 10 hours and I made like $14. Like, come on. Uh, and it's not like I was ever on the truck, right? Like I'm walking beside actually chunking it up there, but, uh, yeah, you're doing the work. Oh yeah. So no, it's kind of funny. Uh, you know, my dad, he, um, comes to the house one day and I was kind of doing little odd jobs things, but just your normal lazy kid wanting to play Nintendo and stuff. And, uh, I'm still like he that. said, yeah. Oh yeah. But he's like, Hey man, you need to get a job. I was like, okay, yeah, no problem, pops, man. I'll get a job. And uh, anyways, I go about two weeks, you know, and and don't do anything. And and he comes back in. And he's like, hey man, I found a job for you. I was like, that's great. What are we doing? He said, you are gonna be on a shrimp boat out of Galveston if you don't find something between you know now and then. And I was like, oh crap, man. So I got her together and uh, ended up getting a, a full time farmhand job uh, picking corn. Okay. So that was exciting. That was fun. Uh, not really. Well, corn is usually the best, it's the best listeners. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Dad jokes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah, man, there are like spiders the size of birds in there and, uh, dude, it's just crazy. It was, it was a great, great experience. Built a lot of character. Um, also used to ump a few baseball games on the side, okay. um, which includes one of my most embarrassing moments. Okay, uh, go on. There you Tell go. Tell us about that. So, what was the embarrassing uh, moment? Dude, me and my buddy, we uh, were like, yeah, we'll ump these ball games, man. We want to just be as professional as possible. So uh, we got the, the now, nice. How old are you about this time? Okay, well, this is when I am a senior in high school okay, okay, or junior in high school. Okay. Uh, and we worked our way up. We started with the little bitty kids, and we were doing such a great job. We worked all the way up to, you know, these kids are like 14 years old. And uh, so we go to school with some of their siblings, you know, things like that. So it's a, it's a smaller town. Everybody knows everybody, like 9,000 people. Uh, but, man, I'm behind home plate. And I've got uh, I've got the shin guards, and I've got the the nice slacks, and you, the you know, I'm, counter oh right yeah, there. yeah, the counter and everything, and man, uh, I bend over and completely split my pants. So the problem is, I was wearing a jock with a cup, and so there is nothing between me and the crowd. That's it. Yeah, my milk dud and air, like it was so horrible. Oh god. But uh, you know, and it's it was a uh, it was a deal. So I had to swap with my buddy, and I go to the outfield. And of course, I know these kids are like, "Nice rump, bump," you know. I mean, just <laughs> just horrible stuff. But yeah, so I've worked a ton of different little jobs, you know, all the way up. Went to uh, ended up at college there at, at OU. Okay. Um, 
I was debating on trying to be either a ski bum, you know, going out to like, I think I applied at two colleges, applied at uh, Adams State in Alamosa and okay. then OU. Okay. So, you know, it's interesting. Like, it's like your dad's an angler living in Oklahoma. You want to be a ski bum living in Oklahoma. I don't feel like the, uh, the, the mountain ranges of Oklahoma. I mean, I may be wrong. I've only been there like for maybe 30 seconds when uh, my buddy, my frustumer, uh, he goes, you never been to Oklahoma? He drove across the line. He's like, this is it. And turned back around. So that's kind of it. That's kind of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, we were just fortunate. We grew up with a ton of good friends and, you know, just going with the youth groups and different deals. Yeah. We'd go skiing. I had the same group of guys and we'd go all the, all the time. Anytime we'd even get like a three day weekend, we'd run up there and run up where? Uh, well, just to like Colorado. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. We'd, we'd drive up on that Friday and try to ski the next day and then drive home, make okay. it back for school and uh, so no, it was, it was awesome, but I had a good group of good group of friends and, and my parents always let me, you know, try to get as many as experiences as possible. And, uh, but yeah, it's funny. Like my dad and I, we started snowboarding, um, right when the snowboards came out, like, like Burton, it was only curved Burton. Oh yeah. 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 You know, Burton apparel. Oh yeah. 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 But it was like the board was only curved on one side. And of course we're wearing like our Levi oh, jeans so. that are all, you know, with the scotch guard on them and. Uh, but anyway, so no, we've just, just been super fortunate to get as many opportunities as, as I have. My parents have, have always encouraged, you know, stepping outside of your comfort zone, like, you know, doing your deals. I think that's so important to step outside of your comfort zone. I mean, I, I, I think, you know, whether it's, you know, going to college or whether it's taking a trip or whether it's, or whether it's, you know, taking a new role that's, you're not comfortable. I think it's so crucial to get out of that, your, your bubble of comfort, because that's kind of when you're going to get more experiences, meet new people and kind of get a different perspective on life, which is, to me, it's beneficial. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. And I preach it to my kids all the time. Of course, my, my kids are so different, man. Like, my son, I got to push him a little bit, you know, to get outside his comfort zone. My little girl, she is, dude, she's hysterical. Like, so what were the ages? Uh, so my son, he is 15 and a half. And, Just uh, got his permit. Oh, yeah, got his driver's permit. Is that weird for you? Uh, dude, like taking a kid and dropping him off at high school is one of the weirdest experiences ever. Because it doesn't feel like it was that long ago. Oh, no, dude, and it goes so quick. I heard a guy, he was talking about... Uh, you know, you think about your kids, and, and he said, so the average person lives to be like 85 years old, right? right? So he took a roll of toilet paper, and he counted out 85 little sheets, and he had it all spread across the room. And, and he said, but you only get your kids for 18 years. So whoosh, tear that off, slide that to the side, and it's like you got this little, you know, section. He's like, well, but until they're like four years old, they eh, don't really even know they got hands, you know, and uh, you might get some smiles here, but, you know, let's tear off those first three. And it's like, well, and then they go to high school, and... You know, they want to spend their time with, with their, their buddies yeah. and their friends, you know, the last three years. So whoosh, tear that off. And it's like, dude, out of your entire life, like you really only get this small like section five, of time. Five to 12 or five oh, to yeah. 13 was oh, the, yeah. the, the bond. And actually, I just had a conversation with uh, with, with Cody Peterson, the, the dude with the T-top Trans Am mm-hmm. uh, that you just met. And it's, it's one of those things, like he's got a teenage daughter as well. And it's like, you know, I have a seven-year-old, you know, and it's one of those things where it's like you're looking at that and it's like, God, like, oh, we have 18 years, but you really don't. Because if I remember growing up, I mean, I was always at my buddy's house, you know, 12 years old, 13 years old. That's when you start doing sleepovers. You spend all weekend at your buddy's So it's like, we don't have yeah. much longer with her. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you got to respect that. It's their own life. It's, oh, it's yeah. the kid's own life, you know? 
Yeah, and it's been so fun. So we've been doing a thing with my son, too. Uh, we're trying to get him to all 50 states before he graduates high school. How many states you got down? Uh, man, we only need like 23 more. So, uh, of course, we hadn't been to Hawaii or Alaska. So those are kind of on the list. The, are, uh, do you have one of those little quarter uh, maps? <laughs> he's actually got one from when he was a little kid, and he, like, colors the little yeah. state. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, uh, But we've had a lot of fun just kind of doing that. And it's like, hey, just because we've been in Oklahoma our entire lives, grown up here, like— Dude, you can do anything you want to, and you can do it anywhere you want to. Right, so right. It's, uh, it's been a really cool a really cool kind of experience. And then how old is your daughter? Uh, she is 12. Okay. So, okay. yeah. Okay, so you got one more year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's oh, it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Dude, she, uh, she is so funny, though. It's like if David Spade, you know, had a kid with Chris Farley, like, she is it, dude. She is hysterical. So. I love it when uh, some all my I think all my daughter does mess with me. You know what I mean? Like oh, for yeah. Christmas, like she's like, "Hey, daddy, I got I made this for you." It was like this little box, and I'm like, "Oh," she's like, "It's really important to me. I want you to open it." And I was like, "Okay, yeah, sure." And I sit down and I, I open the box, and it's a box of of, of plastic cockroaches. She's <laughs> like, "Got you. I got you. You're scared of cockroaches, Dad. Remember when you dropped me as a baby because cockroaches?" I was like, "Yeah, that's it. Wasn't funny at the time." And she's like laughing like her <laughs> ass off about that. Like it's funny how like now it's like. Like they kind of their, their, their personalities. I'm guessing your daughter's kind of like kind of like you oh, a yeah. little bit, like the, oh, yeah. the outgoing, the personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's cool seeing them kind of develop their own little uh, their own little comedic routine. Oh yeah, even if it's at your expense. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And my son, he's he's just like my wife, a little more laid back and reserved, and a little less of a risk taker. Yep. And, uh, super good dude though, man. Like he is so sharp. I'm just so proud of him. But yeah, like my little girl, she found a, a snake skin in the yard, like a, a good size one. So she, you know, had to hide it under her brother's bed, you know, to scare him. And no, we it's it's so much fun around our house. We play scare games where you're always like hiding out and scaring each other. And it's so oh, funny. dude, we do this. We do actually, it's funny too. We do that too. And like every time I we have uh, our daughters, like I'll go to the my bed and I'll pick up like the sheets and all of a sudden there's like this little frog you know what i mean yeah. like scared just yeah. scare me i'm like God, evelyn good work yeah good work. i'm proud nice of you job. i'm nice proud job. of you oh yeah i'm pretty sure my kids are the only ones that know how to like short sheet beds and all that stuff like we, we have a good time but uh yeah so no like grew up in paul's valley which is also uh home of the oaky noodling festival well everyone knows that which is the absolute worst thing that happened to noodlers across america like now everybody wants to be a noodler so okay you know, well, well, i've never discussed noodling on the show let's get into this right now let's right. dive into right. so the worst so pretty much you feel that the sport has been somehow polluted well, by the noodle fest everybody wants to become a noodler now why it was, well i mean you know it just got over commercialized it used to be something that nobody talked about and you had your little holes and you know i mean you take people take those holes to their death like you, you will not tell i'm assuming so you've i am before. not a professional um i have caught fish i have been bit i've taken frustumers uh but like yeah, so I I think the biggest fish I've ever got is like about ten pounds. Like that I've is, never caught like one of those sixty pounds. That is absolutely I don't know why, but that is absolutely terrifying to me to like stick your hand in murky water in a hole. Like I don't know why. Like it's like even lake swimming, I get like uh, I think it's like too many like eighties like horror movies, oh, yeah. I think. No, it's like the most exciting thing, right? You're underwater, you can't breathe, you're in a, a log jam or you know, something like that. And and, and I don't do And you can't see. You can't see, you can't breathe. You know, you're sticking your arm, you know, somewhere you got no idea what's in there, which you can kind of tell, right? So if a catfish is coming in and out, it'll be kind of smooth. And like if the hole starts going up, well, then that's when you get out, right? Like, so that means there's air up there. You got snakes, beavers, turtles. That's you know, literally that like a nightmare. Oh, dude. To me. It, to uh, me. 
Oh well, I can't wait to take you. So the uh, okay, sure. We'll uh, we'll do we'll do one of your uh, videos <laughs> out there. So pretty much the the purity of noodling has kind of uh, it's kind of uh, becoming a little a uh, little a uh, little dirty right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's just like with the COVID deal, and you know everybody wanted to go out and be a fisherman, like you couldn't find any hooks or line or anything. Yeah, you know. And uh, but no, I it's it's been great for Paul's Valley for sure. So that's where the Newland Fest is. Oh yeah, stay yeah. away though. Don't don't mess up the sport anymore. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it. Uh, and my sister, you know, I think one of her aspirations is become Noodling Queen someday. So. Really? Oh yeah. There's real opportunities out there for everybody. Fun for the whole family. That just so. gives me so much anxiety. Oh yeah. That. See, and then my wife, she's from Winniewood, which is just down the road. So there you got Tiger King. So I mean, it's a uh, it's a whole it's a whole fun little area. So did you know about Tiger King before uh, COVID? So I knew about Tiger King before COVID, but I'd never been out to the to the actual, you know, animal sanctuary. Well, yeah, but you knew about it, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I had a buddy that he uh, he worked over at Seth Wadley, so, you know, if we need to get some ball caps or whatever, like, we can make that happen. I figure Halloween's rolling around, so. Isn't that crazy? The whole world shuts down, <laughs> and we all just, like, gravitate towards uh, Joe Exotic. Oh, yeah. Like, no, the entire world, and that's all everyone focused on. Oh, yeah. Tiger King. Oh, yeah. No, it's... Uh, but no, it's it's such a great place, man. Paul's Valley and Winnie Wood. We always used to say Winnie Wood if Winnie could, but Winnie can't, so Winnie ain't. So Winnie Wood always a oh, yeah. good. So but yeah, so my wife and I we went on our first date in like sixth grade because I was from Paul's Valley, she was from Winnie Wood, you, like you seven miles. Wife apart. In middle school? Yeah, pretty much. That's awesome. Yeah. And then it was off and on, you know, all through college. She went to OSU and I went to OU okay. and she was a year younger than me and uh, so anyways, but yeah, we've been married for 17 years wow. and, uh, nah, it's great, man. I could never do better. Like I cannot screw it up. So where's the first date sixth grade at? Uh, it was the Paul's Valley Royal Theater. Okay. Yeah. Movie? Yeah. Oh yeah. What movie? I'm pretty sure it was, uh, Beauty and the Beast and I cried the cartoon version. I feel like, I feel like that was it. So. Wait, when, oh, before he changed. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, when they thought he died, dude. Like, how can yeah, you not then, cry at that? And then you just lift it up and change. Dude, yeah. you can't cry at that. You, gotta, you ain't got a heart, man. You yeah. got a gizzard. Yeah, that's Total. right. Uh, dude. Plus, you turn on the waterworks, sixth grade a little bit, look a little sensitive, like, hey, oh, yeah. I want to be married for sympathy. 17 years yeah. to do this. Yeah, oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, then went to OU and worked a bunch of different jobs. I, would, I will say the, the favorite job that I ever had was working at Camp Champions, which was actually here at Marble Falls. I went that, to Camp Champions did one you summer. Really? Yes, I was a Trojan. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So I taught the water skiing. I taught Micah and Lucas Nelson, Willie Nelson's kids, how to slalom. Serious? Yep. They will never remember me. And uh, well, they're listeners, I'm sure. They're oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, there's nobody listening. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that was like the greatest experience. Like, made 100% zero money. But like, got your room and your board and your whole summer paid for. Like, it was awesome. I so. mean, remember the champs that were there. Oh yeah. So oh, me and my yeah. buddy, me and my buddy, we uh, we it was like during the time like Goodfellas when Goodfellas came out. So we always thought <laughs> we were, like mafia. And uh, we, I remember we uh, during the the quiet time in the afternoon, we would start a uh, uh, a gambling thing in the in our cabin where we would play either war or poker or something oh, like yeah. that. And we'd take the chips and all. So I finally got to the point where people were like, the guys had no chips and like, you need at least five. You know what I mean? I think it was a self-esteem thing. It's like, hey, you can't take all the chips. Yeah. You know I mean? So eventually they're like, all right, guys, no more gambling at Camp Champions. Yeah. They're like, all right, yeah. we got busted by the cops. The there feds. You go. Oh, yeah. No, we used to have so much fun, like get the kids fired up before all the games, oh, yeah. you know. And I think I even swallowed a goldfish, you know, just trying to get kids pumped up and everybody paint their faces. It was Trojans for Spartans, right? Uh, man, that was it. I, that was I, it. And then I'm sure that is. That was yeah. It. And it was about the time when uh, the new Star Wars came out. So 
like we all painted up like Darth Maul and that whole okay. deal. So Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, that's horrible. Who's there's theory that he is like one of the main uh, uh, Jedi's or something like that, there or the Sith or whatever like that. Yeah. So you studied marketing at yeah. Uh, what brought you to that? I mean, it was such a uh, was such a great experience. I guess you know working outdoors and agriculture and all that stuff. What what what? Why'd you pursue marketing? Yeah, I've just never known what I wanted to do uh, in my entire life. I still and, don't. Uh, oh no, me neither. And one of these days we'll figure it out. And Maybe. It's gonna be great. Maybe. Um, but yeah, so my dad he was really pushing towards like construction science and yeah. uh, things like that. And, and uh, man, I had this architecture class with the the dean of architecture. And man, there's like 250 kids in there, and you shut off the lights and just start going through slides. And I just absolutely hated it. And uh, so I was talking to my buddies, and they're like, well, you know, I think I'm going to do business. And I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds great, man. I'll, I'll do business. And it's like, well, what, what is business? You know, it's like, well, you can do accounting. It's like, oh, man, that's horrible, man. That sounds bad. And you can do finance. It's like, oh, dude, man, I don't want to do that. It sounds about the same thing. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, or management. It's like, uh, man, I don't really know that I should be responsible for anybody. Uh, and then it was like, well, marketing. It's like, oh, yeah, man, that sounds good. I'll do that. So. It's just marketing because that's where like, the most girls were at. And I was in college. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll do marketing. Yeah. yeah. I'm not a numbers guy. I'm not oh, a counter yeah. fan. I'll do the marketing. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but no, and it was it was fun, man. It was great. Um, and then I got a job there at the athletic department uh, with the student athletes. Like, started off as a, a note taker. I was like, man, I can go to class and take notes and get paid for it. It's like, dude, I'm already going to class. And so then that just kind of gradually rolled, uh, you know, into becoming a study hall monitor. And then I was over all those guys and the student athletes. And so that's when I kind of realized that I wanted to go to the oil field was uh, I had a friend and we went to his house and he he lifts up the garage door and there's a bass boat and there's two sets of golf clubs. And I was like, what's your dad do? And he's like, man, he's a sales guy in the oil field. And I said, I want to be a sales guy in the oil field. So uh, anyways, I was still working at the athletic department and it was kind of getting to the point where I needed to graduate or do something. So I had an interview. Uh, this gentleman, he told me to contact a guy over at Baker Hughes and uh, over at Intech, And he said, uh, call him up, tell him you're looking for a trainee position. I said, trainee? Okay. Yeah, man. So I called this guy and of course he's rough and gruff. And I was like, uh, uh, yes, sir. My, my name's Bryson Barner and, uh, I, uh, I'm looking looking for a, a trainee position. He's a trainee, MWD. I said, yes, sir. And he's and like, you had no idea. What no idea, dude. I know. I had no I know. idea. Uh, but anyway, so I went to the interview and and they were like, oh, dude, you can make $100,000. And I was like, $100,000? Man, I'm making nine bucks an hour. Yeah, like 21, 22. Oh, like, yeah. What? Yeah. What? It's like, dude, yeah. And at that time, it's like, if I could just make 30 grand, man, I could make it like, you know. Oh, yeah. So, Oh, it was crazy. But uh, so I had the interview and then I didn't hear anything for months. And uh, so I was, I decided at that point, it's like, well, I'll just kind of keep getting my master's in intercollegiate athletic administration. Like I really enjoyed being around the student athletes and, you know, some of that stuff. But uh, then I finally got the call and, uh, and went and went and ran MWD. So it was like, I could make nine bucks an hour or, you know, hundred thousand dollars. And it happened the day before I started my master's class. I went and sold my books and and that was it. So, so what was your, I guess, initial, I guess, uh, a feeling, I guess, when it was one of those things where you, you actually got the call and you're going out there, you, you know, the MWD, uh, MWD field service engineer, if you will. Was that the first job? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and we started in the shop. So I was one of 12 MWD hands at Baker Hughes in the mid-continent at that time. So this is like 2003, like right when things are just really starting to pick up. And uh, so I worked in the shop for a couple months, you know, just putting tools together, uh, you know, building batteries, you know, doing but all you that. you had no stuff. idea about this previously? No. Uh-uh. No, so I no guess, idea. I guess what, what was going on, it was like, uh, it was like, okay, I'm going to do this for a little bit until I find something else in marketing and the business side well, of things. Or it's like, hey, I kind of dig what's, what, what this is yeah, all about. So I went into it 
wanting to be a sales guy. And I told my boss and I told my boss's boss and anybody I could talk to was like, hey, look, this is my goal. This is what I want to do. I want to be an oil field sales guy. I need to get that bass boat and them golf clubs, which I still have never had a bass boat. Other, Well, yeah, anyway, <laughs> uh, I kind of have a bass okay. boat. Yeah, so, uh, but man, no, I just, uh, yeah, and just kind of worked my way up, did MWD for you know, a couple years and I uh, just kept pushing and talking to the sales manager and talking to sales guys like, what do I got to do, man? What do I got to do? And I finally got my opportunity for uh, straight home mud motor sales down the Barnett shell. Okay. So, uh, but man, that was great. That's when the Barnett was just, you know, running and gunning. I think it was like 2004 to 2006. Uh, so so we moved. So the sales of the, the sales intrigued you because your buddies, uh, the, the, the boat and the, and the clubs and all that stuff. But also, I mean, I would assume that your ability to kind of have the gift of gab and bullshit with people oh, yeah. like nonstop. And like, it's, it's, have you always been this outgoing? Um, I would say not necessarily. Okay. Like probably junior year in high school is when I hit your stride. Really hit my stride. Okay. Yeah. So no, I've got buddies from college that are like, yeah, you're the only guy we know that went to college and settled down. So uh, anyways, kind of one of those deals. So was sales everything that you that you expected oh, it to be? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, I've, I was so super blessed and fortunate, and I just like people, uh, you know. I, do too. I like making people laugh and smile. Yeah. And, you know, it's fun. It's fun. Like, who doesn't want to be around somebody that, you know, is Try having a bright, good time? Brighten the mood up a little bit. Absolutely. Yes. I, I completely get it, man. Absolutely. So, uh, and, and that was my thing, man. I just worked harder than anybody. I would try to hit you know, eight, 10, 12 rigs a day, you know, and really just exploded the business there. And, uh, but we were down in Denton at the time. That's when my son was born. And man, we were really just kind of wanting to get back to Oklahoma. So your family was was down in Denton with you? Well, yeah. Well, I mean, I moved, moved my wife Wife down down there. Yeah. Yeah. So it was so, it was crazy. Like when we started, we lived in Denton, all the rigs were up North and then gradually all the rigs moved South. So I had to drive through like Fort Worth every single day. And man, it just got to where I just missed home, you know? And, uh, so I got an opportunity to go back as a coordinator, which was one of the better decisions I've ever made. Okay, okay. It, uh, man, it was so bad. So when, like I, th- I think I told you before, I had like one of 12 MWD hands when I was running MWD. Uh, and then when I come back as a coordinator, we have 63 simultaneous jobs running. So as a coordinator, you're taking calls nights and weekends. and It's kind of baptism it's by like, fire right oh, there. Oh, dude. But that's how you learn, right? Yeah. Like, you got to make mistakes, learn lessons. And, dude, you're just learning so much uh, while you're doing that. But at the same time, you just, like, your phone literally would not stop ringing for you to walk to the truck. Like, I remember a time we were dealing with a, a big deal with one, you know, one of our best customers. And we had uh, nine other calls backed up. And you're just... I mean, it's nothing you can do. You're just pulling your hair out and doing the best you can, and you're just not sleeping. And but uh, it definitely built character. So, uh, and then I just continued to you know push for sales. I had all the relationships with a lot of the Devon guys and right. the TO guys just from you know running the rigs down there, and uh, was able to get into to I guess what they would call city sales. Yeah. You know, and I was kind of in house at Devon, and uh, you know would sit in on all the the morning meetings and just hit the, hit the challenges and head on as soon as, you know, as soon as something would happen. So, uh, but that was, that was, I would say that was probably the, the better opportunity I had was to actually sit in on those meetings with the customers. They're calling the rigs, they're doing their deal and just being able to, uh, you know, communicate, you know, Hey, okay. So here's root cause. This is going to be the correct action, you know, and you can deal with it real time. So you're kind of getting a, a pretty great experience kind of being behind the scenes. Oh yeah, yeah. And like kind of, like kind of being at the table with with with, with the customers right there, and kind oh, of yeah. hearing the the, the, real, the real talk, if yeah. you will. Yeah, and so I feel like that's kind of what helped me with sales. So, and then 2009 had a little bit of a downturn, and uh, man, the timing was impeccable. 
my uh, we had my little girl. Um, she was born, and then the day I get back, I took a week of vacation. And the day I get back, I find out that I'm going back to the field, and okay. it's like ah crap. But so when I ran MWD the first time, I did like 136 days straight, you know, just from rig to rig to rig, like spent a first Christmas, you know, out at neighbor's rig 620, you oh, know, and all that. In the oil field oh, yeah. Yeah. Made. Yeah. So, uh, man. And it just seemed like the absolute worst thing that could have happened. Okay. I mean, you're just, you know, punching the gut. But, you know, so I was going to try to make it work. And my wife, you know, we had a couple of little kids, brand new, newborn. New parents, uh, too. New parents. Yeah. Trying to figure that deal yeah. out. So. Uh, that's when I ended up, you know, jumping over to, uh, excuse me, another, uh, another company, uh, you know, and just, and just took over sales from there. And that's those experience, you know, I tried to take in to this other company of sitting in on morning meetings, uh, being there, you know, before the engineers would get there. And then gradually, you know, it expanded to where they had the mud guys in there, the bit guys, you know, and, uh, so it was, it was that's how I really built those relationships. So it was, it was, it was actually, it was one of those things where I guess it didn't feel right. I mean, cause we're always talking about, you know, take a chance, do, you know, just say yes, do, do the job. And all that. But at the same time, I mean, that's a good, that's a great point. If it doesn't feel right, I guess uh, in your gut, then, uh, then, then you need to follow that too as well. I mean, it's, if it, I would say, don't be scared or anxious about new opportunities, but if it doesn't feel right in the gut, then it probably isn't right. Just like buying a home or something like that. If, if you walk into a place and it doesn't feel right to you, I guess, instinctually it's probably not the right place for you oh yeah no and we talk about stepping outside your comfort zone you got to take risks and it's like dude your book's just like your life's just a book man you're just turning pages and it's like you know start the oil field it's like oh crap laid off like oh crap had a kid oh no here we you know and it's just funny how the decisions you make can really just direct the way your life even small decisions yeah oh yeah yeah uh, but yeah so I was at that company it was a, a little bit of a smaller company and I was there for about Seven years, um, one of the managers retired, and I kind of got that regional manager position over the U.S. and Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, it's not necessarily anything that I wanted to, to pursue, but at the same time, I had the ability to surround myself with just the best people possible. Why, um, why didn't you not want to pursue that? It seems I, like a promotion that would be the natural... Well, I just... I don't know. Like, I mean, I felt like it was something I'd be really good at. Yeah. I felt like it was something that I could really help people with. But at the same time, I always kind of wanted to be like the sales guy. I yeah. didn't really want to be the operations manager. And of course, as soon as I hire on, I had to go and like shut down Pennsylvania and, you know, let people go and do that. And that's not also. easy, man. Oh, no. That's not and, easy. And I'm so sensitive anyways, man. Like I'm sitting there like crying with these people, yeah. like hugging them out, you know. Sure HR down. is like, can't show emotion. Oh, yeah. No, no emotion, no, no, no emotion. tears, dry like, eyes. Whatever, only. dude. Like my shirt, I had changed shirt. I was crying so much. But. And that's, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of times people get promoted from the, you know, sales or to like the sales manager. And once I feel like when that happens, they the, the focus turns more on the reporting and the CRM and all this. And you kind of like lose that touch and lose those relationships with the customers that you built oh, yeah. so far. And I think it's I think it's so crucial, like if you are promoted to that level, to still be in the trenches, still, still hang out with your friends and your customers and relationships that you built along the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that was kind of my aha moment too of – you know, you can, I was always ingrained, like go to school, get good grades, climb the corporate ladder and, you know, and everything was great. And I felt like I was really making a difference in people's lives. You know, it's uh, like when you are a manager, you can, you can really, you know, touch people's lives. I mean, I had a, a lady that had some grandkids and, you know, so like that was her life. And it's like, Hey, I don't care when you get your work done. Like you're sending out things at midnight. Like, Hey, that's great. Go spend time with your grandkids. And then you got other guys that are like, 
uh, man, I just got to make as much money as I can. I need as much overtime as possible. And it's like, dude, go for it, man. Like, so I did like that aspect where you could really help people. Uh, but you know, there was, there was some changes at that company. And, and that was like I say, my aha moment where I can't really affect these people, you know, uh, to the extent that I want Okay. Right? until okay. you like, there's always going to be an owner. Right. I'll just say that. And, uh, so I got to the point where I just absolutely had to do something different and uh, tried to get on with a smaller company, build something, be a part of something, uh, which, you know, was looking back one of the, the worst mistakes that I think I've probably made. Uh, well, why? Well, it was not what it was sold to me okay. as. Um you know, you you really think you're going to go in, be a part of something, and get an opportunity to like build, grow it, and build. Yeah. But unless it's on paper, uh, you know. Anyway, so ended up in a frivolous lawsuit that's still kind of hanging out there. That's um, fun. That's still ongoing. And it, dude, it's like I'm the most non-confrontational person I'm ever. The same way, man. Like, I've never been in a fist fight in my whole life. I haven't either. Oh, dude. See, and it's like I feel like I'm not a real man because I've never been punched in the <sighs> that face. Whole like, alpha how are you? man bullshit. <laughs> but you know what, though? It's like I feel like if I got in a fight, I'd be like, like, like I'd be like, there's so much adrenaline. I'd be like oh, an yeah. emotional fight. I feel like I'd cry after. Like, oh, yeah. I'm so sorry. You call I'm me so a dork. Sorry. Yeah. It's, and it's the like, adrenaline. Yeah. It's like I always wanted to know how I would do. I feel like I'd do okay. Yeah. I'm okay not knowing. Yeah. You know I'm what okay I mean? Not. Yeah. I'm okay there's not knowing. There's no winner. I'd rather, I'd rather uh, buy, buy the person a drink and make friends with them oh, versus. Yeah. versus is uh, being an idiot at my age, forty years old. Yeah, so it, it was a crazy deal. Man. We should get in like, a fu- we should get in a fight. We should get in a fight. I'm only gonna do it if you put on a singlet. I think I got one. Okay, I think I won the <laughs> there office. You go. Okay, let's do this. There you go. I, uh, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be a good time, man. We can live stream it and maybe raise some cash for you know something. Cash for, for cash cash for ca- cash to keep noodling pure. There you go. Let's do that. Let's there do you the go. noodling. We foundation. can do that. We can do that. Uh, but yeah, so it uh, it turned into a deal and just lots of stress and pressure. And well, then that company went out of business, and a, a lot of the stuff you're promised, you know, uh, you know, doesn't come through. Oh, yeah. And and there's nothing you can do about it. So that's when I kind of made the decision of, okay, so I've been with this super huge corporate company, right. went to a smaller company, went to a tiny company, and now I'm like, I need to find somebody that's got their own tools, you know, their own equipment, their own you know proprietary technology, but that is still small enough that you don't have to go through like sell a Germany to make a change. Right. You know, you can still make adjustments on the fly. And, and so that's how I ended up at uh, cathedral now. And, and that's where I'm at. So it's been going, it's been going good. Um, so one of the coordinators over there when I very first started was a guy I used to build kit boxes with. So, uh, you know, it's just, it's just a small little field in a family. So it really is a small little field. I mean, it's funny. I have, I've had people on here. It's like, Oh yeah, this drilling manager. I mean, I was, uh, when I went to the rig, he was, he was roughnecking. You know what I mean? Like, and it's funny to watch people's uh, career uh, progress, and I guess kind of where people go. Yeah. So that's yeah. why you should always treat people kindly. It's crazy, dude. Don't ever step on any toes. I mean, I know you've I know. heard that. Like, it's true. You know? Uh, but, yeah, so it's it's been great, man. I'm just so super excited to, to be able to make the relationships I have. And, and you talk about the customers, and I feel like that's where you really make those connections. It's like... I love going above and beyond. Like I've helped, you know, I've helped customers like build fence in their pasture. I've helped guys move girlfriends or, you know, we even went down to Garvin County and grabbed a bunch of old theater seats out of a a movie theater and took them to a buddy's house. You know, like, I don't know, but I feel like that's the, that's, that's kind of where the relationships. That's the relationship. I mean, that's stuff. I mean, that's, that's not a relationship that you can get in someone's office, you know, over a cup of coffee. 
Right. That's 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 the that's the true relationships that I guess Chief uh, was talking about uh, uh, a week ago. You know, he's he's like, look, there's relationships and there's true relationships. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and, and I so my goal is to have that relationship with absolutely everybody I come across. So it seems like you get charged up being around people. You get charged up being around your friends, your customers, your customers. Uh, you, you like meeting new people. You like going out. So so be, being how was uh, I guess COVID for you and the family in Oklahoma City when it's like you can't travel. You're not doing this. You're not doing that anymore right it uh how was that adjustment for you yeah so well i mean we all had to make adjustments um and you're trying to figure out your deal which you still have the people that you're so super close with that you know uh but uh, that's kind of where you know and that's where these linkedin videos and some of that stuff came in like i we talked a little bit earlier you know I absolutely hate social media. Like, I feel like it's the biggest waste of time. Like, time is the most valuable thing we have. Like, don't waste any of it. Um, so why is social media a waste? Well, it's not no, a no, waste. No, 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 no. I'm, right. I'm, 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 I'm not disagreeing oh, with yeah. you. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm peeling the onion. Peeling the I'm onion. I'm peeling the onion. Oh, I mean, it's just, I think it's more important to call, you know, the old lady down the block, see if she needs you to wreck her leaves, compared to just flipping through and seeing somebody, you know, Smiling face with, you know, hey, look how great our family is, you know. Comparisons that people enjoy. Everything's always perfect. Oh, everything's always perfect. So, but yeah, so I've never been a big social media guy. Like, I I just got LinkedIn on, basically on the COVID. And so, kind of the way some of the videos and some of that stuff started, um, I had a good friend I was working with there at Cathedral, and uh, we we had a little jump drive. So, this was actually before COVID. Okay. Um, And you put a little video together, and and you'd have, like, your uh, technical data sheet and you know, kind of like, hey, if you, you know, got a question and you could make a recommendation for their deal, you know, but then it was just on a jump drive and we just kind of hand it to people. And uh, so as things progressed, we got a, a new boss over there at, at Cathedral and he was kind of pushing more towards, hey, let's do more of these videos, man. Like, this is great. Let's get it out there. And so I was doing videos and kind of sending them to customers. And, the, right. and I had a buddy uh, and he's like, dude, you got to put these on LinkedIn. He's like, if you don't do it, I'm going to do it. And I was like, oh, crap, man. Like, you know, I don't know. And I was like, all right, well, here we go. So I just, the first one I did was that haircut video. And, uh, you know, the rest is just kind of history. I feel like things like that just kind of accidentally, you know, fall in your lap. Like it's nothing that really intended to fall in your lap. I mean, I, I think this, I mean, okay. So I, 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 again, this is the power of social LinkedIn, for example, you and I have never met before. We've never sat across the table and shot the shit before. You know what I mean? Like complete strangers. But the fact is the, the, the videos that you make, and honestly, so the, he's talking about a haircut video and, and he's got a video when he's dealing with a tarantula and he's roping goats. He's, he, you name it. There's just critters everywhere on these videos. And there's always, but they're so memorable and they're so funny. It's like what, and the best part about it too, it's like you, I don't know if this was planned or anything like that but you make the people watch until the end because like what is this guy what is this in the guy's hand and suddenly it's a squirrel Man. around a tree so i think it's so original i mean it doesn't really you say it falls in your lap it's a very humble way to say it but i mean it seems like it's like and it, there's two parts of it number one i mean you just got on linkedin you know what i mean and you, and you think of linkedin is like oh it's so professional you have to you have to it's a, kind of a suit and tie social media platform you need to discuss business and work at all at all the times but the thing is though it's like you're bringing a certain level of you 
to it. You're being uh, the new things and, 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 and just kind of new content. Oh, yeah. And that's the thing. Like, just be who you are. Yes. So I'm at home. You know, we're doing COVID. And it's like, this is all stuff just running around the yard. You know, we uh, found the snake on the back porch. Like, we had a bird that flew into the window that was a little dazed. There. And you always tie it into a cathedral. I love oh, that. Oh, yeah. I yeah. love that. So it's been, it's been great. It's been fun. I've been super blessed, super fortunate. You know, I just... Like learning new things and trying new things, and it just kind of accidentally took off. So give me, give me, tell me a story about how one of the videos was kind of a, uh, if there's a funny story behind any of the videos or if anything went pretty wrong during the filming. Well, so again, I said I like learning new things, um, which included getting, getting some cows. I don't mind investing in things that I can eat. So, uh, anyways, there's a lot of horrible, I, I don't know if you've ever worked cattle, but uh, I did for about an afternoon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm yeah. a cowboy. So, I'm a cowboy. I'm a rancher. I do ranchy uh, things. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. No, I can, I can tell by looking at you. Thank you. There you go. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know. Anytime you're working cows, things are going to go wrong. Uh, it's nothing's ever going to work. So, uh, Wait, have you, ne- have you never worked? You didn't grow up uh, raising cows or anything like absolutely that? Absolutely not. And this is just something you just, we bought some, yeah, we had the little property there. Uh, sat on it for a while and it's like well let's get some cows so we started with two and okay. uh, so i'm not a real cowboy either uh which is a whole other story i'll have to tell you about that but uh so we just started off with a couple cows and it's like let's just figure it out you know and uh so we had a bull come in and you know kind of did his deal which is a uh, another learning moment for my daughter oh, yes yeah. yes like, that's i hey, wasn't planning to have this conversation oh yeah <laughs> they're, they're playing piggyback what's he doing to her you know like one of those deals so i don't know call cathedral energy services yeah. so this doesn't happen to you oh dude i've got <laughs> yeah i've got some good ones anyways uh and not all the videos make linkedin either so oh, i can imagine oh yeah uh but yeah, so we're just kind of doing this cowboy thing. We're just going to grow the herd. We're just going to do like, you know, a little cow-calf operation. And dude, it's so funny. Like the first time we worked cattle, like don't know anything. We're yep. looking on YouTube. We are 100% professional. That's cowboy right there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Going to YouTube to find out how to be a cowboy. Oh, yeah. Yes. So I get the whole family and it's like, all right, we're going to work these cows. And uh, we don't have a squeeze chute. And I'm like, we can just, you know, squeeze them in between these two panels. Like it'll work out. Yeah. What could go wrong? And uh, the first cow does okay, Daisy. Daisy did okay. And uh, then we did our steer. His name was Poe. And then we come to Donut. And Donut is our problem cow. Okay. Like She's like, I saw what you did to those others. You ain't going to do it to me. And so I've got my son. He's like holding a rope tied to the panel. He's trying to squeeze her in there. And my wife's trying to feed her the cow cake, like the cow candy. And I'm trying to do the shots. And dude, Donut is not having any of it. My little girl, she already walked off the job, man. She didn't turn in her two weeks or nothing. Like, she's she out. threw I'm her gloves over the pit. She's done. Oh, yeah. And uh, so anyways, we're trying to figure it out. My son's trying to hold the rope. And I'm like, I just need a man, you know, and yelling at him. And my wife's, you know, upset. And she's like, give me the shots. I'll give him the shots. And I'm holding the rope, trying to keep it pinned in between these pins. And my wife literally takes it like you would stab somebody in a horror film. Shoves this needle in this cow's neck. Like Pulp Fiction. Yes, absolutely. Breaks the needle off in the cow's neck. And it's like, dude, my son, he's throwing his gloves over the fence. Wife's crying like... We're like, we're done. And don't like, and Donut's looking at you like, hey, this is exactly oh, why I don't yeah. want to do this. 100% rodeo. This is exactly oh, why I don't yeah. want to do this. You guys don't know what you're doing. Yeah. And then I'm trying to like get the whole family together. It's like, I'm so sorry for everything I said. Like, bring it in. Let's hug it out. My wife, she's like, man, I just need some time. Like, I just need some time. So anyways, but yes, so videos with cows don't always go as planned. So, okay. So the cows, so, okay. So what uh, about, you've been, have you been stung, bit? 
Uh, well, yeah, so that's the other one. So my <laughs> wife and I, we don't... Uh, we don't really ever fight about anything. Like, uh, the biggest argument we ever have is where do you want to eat, you know? But uh, I think that echoes throughout everyone's oh, house yeah, in yeah. America. Yeah. So I did the raccoon video, and uh, one of our arguments was she really felt like I needed to get a rabies shot. And uh, it's like, man, it's not like this raccoon was foaming at the mouth and jumped out of the tree and, like, tried to bite me on the neck. It's like... I was literally trying to get this coon, but dude, like it was a coon of the year, so he's a little smaller, and I don't know if you've ever had a puppy, like how sharp their teeth are and stuff like that. Like, oh dude, he was biting through my gloves like really? hot butter. Oh man, he was not happy. So Did you get the rabies shot? I did not get the rabies shot. Now if it's a skunk, that's a different deal. Like skunks will kill you. You get rabies from skunks. I had a buddy that lost his grandma that got bit by a skunk. What? So Yes. I would assume raccoons have more uh, well, rabies per capita or whatever you want what to call you it. Think? But no, they're super clean animals. At least I tell myself that. Yeah. Uh, especially after you get bit when, you're, when your wife's telling you to get rabies. Oh, yeah. No, they're clean. Yeah. They're good. Yeah. They, so, eat, they eat out of trash. They're good. Yeah. But I like doing those first take fail videos. So whenever you drop this, I'll drop the, uh, oh, I would the love raccoon that. first take fail. I highly recommend it. Anyone listening right now, like if you got a minute, just go to his LinkedIn page and it's just, it's, it's, it's solid gold. Oh, dude. But that's oh, the thing though. It's, it's unique. It's it's you're being yourself, and so the content that we've created here, that I've created here, it started during COVID too, and it actually started because of boredom. I mean, I did one where I kind of, you know, I introduced the round the rotary team, and I dressed in you know drag some lady at the front <laughs> desk, and I did two other characters and all. That. And you find that on YouTube, but it's just like it's boredom. It's just like you know what? It's not the old school oil field like media content how it was before. Now it's just like. Just do something to see if it works. Oh, yeah. And you got to stay relevant, right? Like, you got to do something. You can't just sit at home and do nothing. And no. everybody's so down and so negative. And it's like, I just made the, the conscious decision. Like, I am not going to be negative. I'm not going to be down. I'm going to keep the best attitude possible, do the best I can, and just try to make people laugh and smile. There's, you know? a, there's enough of that negative attitude right oh, now. Oh, dude. It really is. And it's unfortunate. But, I mean, it's, again, I think part of that's the news and social media right there. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. So... But yeah, it's the it's just been a ton of fun, man. Just kind of hanging out at the house and, you know, catching critters. You know what I like about that? Like, so I did a Roughneck Jerry video where I involved uh, my daughter in it. You know what I mean? And she loves doing that stuff. She does like that. Could we do a Roughneck Jerry video? Could we do, you know, she. It's cool involving the family whenever you're doing stuff like this. You're like, hey, this is Daddy's work. You know, so they get to see what you. Because I never knew what my dad did. My dad was an accountant. You know, I never. I mean, I went to his office a couple times, but like now, like the family's involved. Like my daughter's involved. She wants to be involved. Like she. She's like, I love bringing her into the, to our lifestyle where it's like she's kind of part of like the, the content and filming or whatever. And your daughter does oh, the yeah. same for you too. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, uh, oh man, it's just, it's so awesome getting to spend that time. Like COVID's absolutely horrible, but getting the ability to spend that time with your kids yes. and, uh, you know, making these videos and doing things like none of it would have ever happened, you know, without it. And it's, uh, it's a good opportunity for my kids too. I'm always trying to tell them like, you are not guaranteed anything. Like your whole life can change in an instant. And like the COVID whole deal was like, you know, perfect that's a perfect example. example. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's, that's how you learn, you know? And uh, I mean, you think you have job security, you think this, you think that, uh, but at, uh, as we saw, everyone saw, I mean, that just wasn't the case. It doesn't matter if you're one of the best salesmen or the best engineers or best uh, procurement or HR, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, there's, it's, it changed everything. And you feel horrible about it too. I've kind of got this, I don't know, it's almost like survivor's remorse. Like I was a 
in a plane crash and I was the only person that survived and you almost feel so guilty and bad about having a job right now. Like, I don't know if you experienced that at all. No, it wasn't so much that. I mean, it was, it, it, it it's not that, but if, if anything, it's like, so, you know, CPC, you know, we, we try to put people to work, you know what I mean? And like, if I had my choice, I could, I would love to put everyone to work that reaches out everyone to work but the thing is though it's just not there and that that to me kills me it's like i would love to help everyone out you know what i mean i i didn't feel bad for having a job i just felt like i didn't feel lucky i just kind of felt like okay well i just i'm i'm one of the lucky ones like i guess i guess it was kind of luck you know but like it just going on linkedin for you know from march until shit even March until like August or something. It was, it was, it was a disaster. It was, it was heartbreaking. You know what I mean? After 32 years of here, 12 years here, seven years here, it was just, it was very kind of, it was a surreal thing to watch. Yeah. You know, your and friends a, and family. As a salesperson, man. And, and it's tough for me. I take it so personal. I feel like anytime somebody gets let go, like they're, I could have done something. Like if I could have just got, you know, another rig here, if I could have worked a little harder on this deal and was able to close it. And so I think that's that's some of the the things I struggle with. But in the whole big grand scheme of things, man, you just do the best you can. Well, you how, just do you keep shake, how do you shake that off? I mean, you're, you're, you're very positive. You, you got a good attitude. And I do like how the fact you have a positive mindset about things. But so how do you shrug that off? I guess that that fe- those feelings. You just got to let it go, man. Let it go. That's it. That's all you can do. Uh, I'm just trying not to worry about things that are beyond my control and just continue to do the best I can. Right. Keep my head down, put a smile on a face here or there. And, and I mean, I still try to help absolutely, you know, anybody I can. What's the attitude you're kind of getting right now from, uh, your, from your, uh, your group of frustrations right now? What's, what's kind of the, uh, the, the vibe you're getting? Is it positive, negative, pessimistic? What? I feel like it's, I feel like it's positive. Um, but I don't know if it's a false positive. Like a, a cautiously optimistic. Yeah, yeah, I would say cautiously optimistic. It, uh, I don't know. I feel like the industry has changed, and I know you talk about it all the time. I don't necessarily know that it'll go back. Uh, you've kind of got that generational gap. A bunch of the older folks are gone that, you know, where handshakes mattered. Yeah. And there's just less handshakes. It's less, uh, you know, it's just, you've talked about it. It's just that feel. It is a different feel, and I don't know that the industry will go back to what it was. But I don't mind it not going back to what it was yeah, because because okay. it, it you have to we have to evolve as an industry. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, we have to. Not just not just the way we, we we do business or the way I mean relationships either, but also the way we communicate about our industry to the to the people that aren't familiar with the oil and gas industry. We have to evolve with how we're telling our story. Oh yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. No. And man. that's kind of the point of this podcast. It's like, you know, like there's some great people. There's a, so many great people in this industry that people like you, you don't peel, you don't, I guess, get behind that curtain a lot. You know what I mean? So that's kind of the point of this. It's like, and if some person that has no idea about the oil and gas industry or is anti, you know, anti oil and gas industry, maybe they'll hear this and be like, oh, maybe they're, they're kind of like me. Like oh, they, yeah. they're a family, they care, they're friends, they're, they're, they're good people that care about the environment. Yeah. And, and I, I do agree that we probably haven't done the best job telling our story. But the thing is, though, we, we are a group of very smart, very caring, technical data people, right? I agree. Right? We are very factual data. Oh, this, you know, 40% hydrocarbons. This is, you know, that's not going to, to me, emotions and storytelling is going to, because if you think about it now, elections aren't win off of facts. They're win off of emotion. And nothing's won off of facts. You know what I mean? It's won off of emotion. So if we can portray our story and our narrative in a, in a different way, you know, let's try it out. Let's try it out and see, and see what happens. Yeah. I mean, you got nothing to lose. No, no, no. You just got to go for it, man. Well, what else is on your mind today? Uh, what else is on your mind? You got your, you got your notes right there. You, you, yeah. No, I mean, it was just more notes about like, 
previous things that oh, you want to you don't want to slip up on? No, just making memory, you know, and uh, just being who you are, and you know, you can't help the way you feel, and just you know. Well, with the oil field changing right now, I mean, where do you kind of see it? Where do you see it? I guess going. I guess what is the the new way to do uh, business or the new way to sell? Right. Well, technology's taking over too, and I mean, you you talk to people that are wanting to demand rigs and things, and I think that just kind of breaks my heart too, where. Uh, some of the best people I've ever met in my entire life have helped me get to where I'm at today. And and with some of the technology and the, the D-man and the rigs and, and some of that, it just makes me... It just makes me sad, almost like I'm cutting the throats of, uh, you know, the individuals that I care the most about. Yeah, and if it takes two people off that, 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 that the well site, then it's like, man, it's two people that had families and jobs. Right. But I get it. You know, it's it's life. I mean, I've got a couple of customers that, you know, they're over at Amazon now doing their deal. And it's like just really? people, I mean, different places. Yeah. And are they enjoying that? Are they enjoying it? So the, the people that you know that have left the industry, are they enjoying that? Or do they? is there that draw to get, that they want to come back? I think that, uh, well, I know one individual. Would, well, I need to be really careful what I say. We don't have to do names. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think one guy would probably like to come back. I think that uh, you would be amazed at how hardworking and honest uh, the oil field community is uh, compared to going to work at a place like Amazon. Do you think that's a misconception that people have about the oil field that we're all kind of just like? Oh yeah, and you've greedy. said it. Yeah, yeah, you've said it before. Like the black gold TV show that come out and everybody's all. Do you watch Bigfoot and Family? I have not seen Bigfoot and Family. Okay, so I have a four-minute clip. I kind of I wanted to post it, but <laughs> okay. Netflix took it down. It's pretty much like it's it, it's it is the most blatant. Like it's it's not even hidden. You know what I mean? For, yeah. Pretty much the CEO of this oil and gas company is saying, "Oh, you know, like we extract you know clean oil. Like no, 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 we don't, we care about the environment." Once the cameras are off, he's like, "Ha ha, suckers! Like oh, I just want to ruin this place and make the most profit ever." And so to me, I'm watching that with my daughter, and and it's like. So I'm, in my mind, I'm thinking, it's like, okay, so now whenever someone from the oil and gas industry goes to a school or talks and all that stuff, what we do, and ESG did all that stuff and leaves the room, they're probably going to look at each other like, no, that's not true. Right. Oh, I saw this in a movie. You know, like, they're, they're liars. Yeah. They're bad. Yeah. Well, I will make sure not support it. I appreciate it. Don't support it. <laughs> Don't. Uh, but no, it's it's just been so good to me and my family and, you know, everybody I know. It just seems like that uh, I just, I don't know that I could ever leave. It's kind of also, I mean, this industry is tough to love too. I mean, because a lot, some people that have been let go, they've been trying to find their next opportunity for so long and they just keep beating on doors and keep either no one's picking up or, or they're saying no, you know, and it's a lot of people that they want to come back in, they want to stay here, they want a new role here, but it's kind of disheartening for them. Oh yeah. Well, and I know other people that have left and say it's the best thing that ever happened really? to them too. So. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. guess, I guess, I guess to each their own, you know, oh, yeah. Yeah. it's got to make sense for you and your family. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. For sure. So, okay. So you told me on the way. So you drove in from Oklahoma. Yes, sir. Correct? Yes, sir. All right. So not only did you come down to, you went to Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, Bernie. Yesterday. Wimberly. Wimberly (laughs) To see see, uh, our boy David Gibson. Oh, dude. Gibson's my buddy. I love Gibson. Yeah. What he's doing is just tremendous. And I'm seeing Keith on his stuff, too. Oh, yeah. He's just doing a great job. And he's always, he's always, he's like you. He's always there to try to help people. You know what I mean? I love that guy uh, for for those qualities. So you're making all these drives. And you told me before that you're a podcast listener. Like, that's all you consume right now in the car, right? Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like I like learning new things. Like, that's my deal. What kind of podcast is it? Is it it, it strictly oil and gas podcast? Is it business? Is Uh, it uh, true crime? What? 
Dude, I love critters. I love having a connection with my food. I listen to a ton of the meat eater guys. Like okay. I probably listen to every single meat eater. What do podcast. they talk about? Oh man, conservation. Uh, I mean, hunting, fishing, like anything you could ever imagine. Okay, that is hunting, fishing, conservation related. Okay. So, uh, but yeah, and that's kind of how we got into the cows and stuff too. Like, I really just enjoy having a connection with my food. Okay, really. So, I mean, in the hunting deal, like I don't really know how I got. Are you a big hunter? Um, I love, yes what, yes. what kind of hunting do you love? Um, so the, uh, the, the coolest opportunities I've been able to get was a, uh, a moose and a mountain goat. So I put myself in some, some situations up there where you just have no business being, you're walking on. Where, where was this? This is British Columbia. Okay. So, yeah. One of my good friends, his father-in-law, um, actually had a, an outfit up there and, uh, you know, so we got the opportunity to, to run up there, kind of help clean up some camps, and when they had extra tags left over, they'd let us come up and and get those. So have you ever, uh, have you ever gone uh, hunting like that before? Uh, not before that. So that's what's funny is like my dad, he has never killed a deer, but he had killed like a couple of elk, and uh, I don't know how I got wrapped up into the big game thing, but it's like. What other experience can you have where you're sitting there and you are lusting after something so much that you just can't control your emotions? Like you can't calm down your heart and you're just, oh man, you're just breathing. You're about to just, you know, pee all down your leg and you just can't, you know, and it's just, uh, it's that experience that I just, it's unexplainable. And I don't know why it has that effect on me. Okay. But, uh, so yes, I just love everything that's, uh, you know, nature related and critters and, you know, all of that. But yeah, those meat eater guys, they do it. They do, do you take your job. children out hunting with you? Yeah. So my son, he is not a, uh, it, it, it's kind of funny. Uh, he's killed a couple of deer. He killed his first deer when he was eight. Killed the biggest turkey I've ever seen in his life, uh, which we will never see a tom that's that big pretty, ever that's again. That's pretty challenging. Turkey hunt. I mean, I've talked to, I mean, I've never been turkey hunting. i talked to, I mean, people that turkey hunt are fanatics about it. And oh, yeah. they, the way they describe it sounds fascinating to me. Yeah. It's, like you have uh, to like outthink a turkey. Yeah. Which is, and, and that sounds like, it sounds pretty stupid. It was apparently pretty smart. Oh yeah. Well, I don't know. I think there's a lot of luck involved too. Okay. So, okay. Um, but yeah, no. So my son, and he finally told me he can't do any of the gutting or the gilling. Okay. And he said, dad, if it comes down to me cleaning these deer, like I would rather not go hunting. So okay. then I had to make the decision where it's like, I would much rather spend the time with my son, you know, and clean his deer than to force, you know, force this onto him. But it's so funny. He gives me such a hard time. I've got a, a horrible gag reflex. Like you every do? time, oh man, I've killed like, you know, well, I've cleaned, you know, probably, there's no telling how many deer. Every time it's like, <laughs> but yeah, I get a little, oh man, it's so bad. Like I always have to, you know, it find stinks. out. Oh it yeah. Stinks. It's, it's, the thing is, there's not a smell. That, it's just like, you know that smell. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. And it's with anything. I get a little trash juice on me. It's Ooh. like, like I can do anything. And like, then, And then you feel it on your hand for like the oh, next yeah. hour and a half, even if you wash it eight times. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So no, it's funny. Uh, I was a little kid and we were big into saning. Uh, ponds and my buddy had a little cesspool and uh man like we were so committed to saying in this thing like let's see what kind of frogs are in there you know and, yeah oh man the whole time it's just <clears throat> but man it was uh so anyways it was a it was a fun experience does your daughter go with you at all so she does not like loud noises okay but she is the kid that is like oh let's cut up a, you know let's see what it ate and it's like oh this duck had corn you know or whatever oh so, so she's like very oh like, she's all like, in. Uh, the doctor yeah, like oh yeah. let's 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 take this apart and see it yeah 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 so she's she's one of those kids but uh poking its eyeballs and so, you know but yeah 
No, I just think the biggest thing is just having that connection with your food. And, and, you know, you talk to so many of these kids that live in, you know, different places. And it's like, well, where's your food come from? It's like, well, it comes from a plastic wrapper. Right. It's like, eh, you know, uh, but that's that was kind of the deal with the cows is, you know, being able to raise it and love it and care about it and, you know, be able to... Uh, to harness that nourishment, you know, it's, uh, so with your cows, are you going to, are you going to end, end, end up, uh, uh, slaughtering and, yeah. and then, nah, okay. Yep. So we've got a couple of steers, their names are Hans and Franz. And, I like uh, that. oh yeah, yeah. So, uh, they will be ready to go this fall. And so one cow, I mean, how long will that, how long will that, I guess, uh, sustain a family in Oklahoma? Right. So it's tough, right? Like you also have, I mean, cause we, we put a lot of deer in the freezer and stuff like that too. So, uh, I don't know. I would say a normal family could probably do a cow year, something like that. God. Depending on how much meat you eat. Like, uh, you know, my sister, she's a vegetarian and, uh, she, uh, yeah. So, so you do, you do the, you do the, the, the meat, the meat guys. What? Right. The meat eater. Um, I'll catch a few Joe Rogans here or there, which I am so glad that he is pushing everybody to move to Texas instead of Oklahoma. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oklahoma's okay. horrible. Nobody should ever live there, ever. They should all come to Texas. Are you Texas. just saying this so it doesn't get too oh, proud of the, no, the noodling no. thing? No, the no, noodling? No, 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 no. Too no. many people? No. Texas is great, though. I do I do love Texas. I think the, the thing I love about Oklahoma is kind of more of the public land and some things. There's yeah. some opportunities for people uh, that don't necessarily have money, like... We don't all have, you know, you like to think everybody's got the same opportunities in life, but that is absolutely not the case. So, right. That's true. Uh, but yeah, no. And uh, one of my one of my better experiences, favorite experiences was uh, uh, we did a little bit of foster care there for a bit. And uh, so we got a little kiddo and I was able to let him catch his first fish. And, you know, how he did was, you, get, you can't well, breeze that. How did you get how did you, you and your family get involved in that? Right. So you had mentioned uh, on one of your podcasts about CASA and supporting that organization. So my wife, she was, did uh, the Nina, Nina. Spencer, yeah, the court appointed. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Um, so my wife did that a little bit. And we've always kind of had a soft spot for, you know, some things like that. And uh, so, yeah, we opened our house and uh, had a, uh, a little kiddo come stay with us. And wow. uh, but yeah, it was and I probably need to be careful about how much I say on on all of that, but it was, it was one of the better experiences that really? I've had. Yeah. Um, so we were unable to follow it all the way through, um, with my little girl. Um, she was, she was quite a bit younger at the time. Um, but you know, we, uh, but the fact y'all took that step and actually opened your home to, to, to uh, someone that was a stranger that needs it. I think that's, I mean, that speaks volumes right oh, there. No. And, and that's, I don't know. I just want to make a difference in, in everybody's life. Anybody, anybody you come across. But uh, the mistake that we made, we were kind of filling out the paperwork and uh, we told my kids, it's like, hey, go, you know, show them around. And uh, anyways, there, there was some, uh, some things that, you know, he said or did that uh, really affected yeah. my children and my little girl could just never get over it. Okay. And so I think we'll do it again at some point in our lives. Right. When, 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 when is the yeah. right time? When is the right time? And we've spent quite a bit of time in Haiti and doing some things over there. And, really? Uh, there's a little orphanage over there. Uh, there's, yeah. So it's it's just something that's... So uh, there's this whole new avenue about you, about <laughs> you being involved and you helping out. So tell me about the, the, the charities, that I guess, that you well, and your family. And we just do a lot through church. Okay. Uh, and we've even started a new little ministry there called SALT. It's a uh, skills and life training. So if you're a 75-year-old woman and you've never caught a fish and you want to come, you know, catch a fish, or if you want to go hunt morel mushrooms, like, you know, we'll help you do some of wow. that. Or So it's, I don't know, it's uh, it's just finding a way to to, to give back about, the, you know, with some of your passions. Are you constantly trying to trying to give back through uh, through these charities and through the, through the uh, church? 
Well, we uh, we're we're pretty active, and it's so funny because I man, I've been like every denomination there ever was. Okay. Like, I was not necessarily the uh, the model, you know, the model Christian role model or whatever. But no, I think that's the big thing is just trying to, you know, love God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and uh, treat others the way you want to be treated. Just be kind. That's it, man. That's and being it. kind. So, but yeah, the the Haiti deal that really opened my eyes, man. Like uh, they were over there and uh, they they you know killed a chicken and cooked it for us, and you know you're sitting there and you're you're you want to give all your food to them anyways, but man, this kid, he like breaks, breaks open this chicken bone. And he's like sucking the marrow out. And I was like, dude, like here, take my drumstick, man. Like, yeah. Uh, and so I think, I think a lot of those experiences really changed and, uh, and molded me to, uh, to really want to, is it just you going down or is it the well, family? Well, so my wife took my son to Panama. They did a, a little mission trip over there. Um, then I've been to Haiti like three different times, um, wow. Yeah. It's, uh, it's experienced. Like if anybody gets the opportunity to do it and it's so weird, it's like, you feel like you're going over there to, uh, you feel like you're going to try to help these, you know, these individuals. And, but ultimately it's, it's, you're the one that, that receives the benefit of the deal. And then, uh, it's, it's, I always say it's like some of the, the poorest people I've ever met are way happier Amen to any that. of the richest people that I've ever met. I, I completely agree with that. I mean, it's it's, it's just. I mean, I, I feel like the, the the more stuff, the more material you have, the the more you know you check in. You know, we talked about before. You know, comparisons of thief of joy. You know, I mean, if you constantly check in, you know, like oh, these people are this family's perfect. There's no issues there. Oh, my life's worse and all that. You start going getting that mindset. You know what I mean? The comparison mindset where you start comparing yourself to people and all that stuff. Oh yeah, and, and it's never there. And the, and the thing is, though, it's like I'm not saying like, well, I mean. People in poverty don't have social, but I'm saying it's like, and I and again I don't know, but I feel like they're just like, there's not all this commotion bullshit going around with them. You know what I mean? They're, they're yeah. just, they are happier. I mean, there's oh, studies yeah. too. Like, yeah, there. I mean, I think I think I saw something that was like this little small place in Louisiana, which was like uh, didn't have you know one tr- electricity pretty much, and it was rated one of the happiest communities out there. Yeah, and it's like, so how do you measure success, right? Like, how do it's you not- measure success? Dude, putting a smile on a face. Like, okay. that's it. Like, you walk outside at any time, the sun's still shining, the birds are still chirping, and it's, dude, that's success. Yeah, yeah. To me, it's to me, it's, uh, it's, it's not just kind of the impact and what you have with people, but it's also your home, too. You oh, know, yeah. If, if, if your home's in strife, I mean, I can't, I can't perform as how I want to perform unless my home life is, is doing great. Yeah, yeah. And it's just trying to push all that on my kids, too. I want them to grow up to be good stewards of, you know, everything that they've been given. And, I can imagine uh, the, the impact that has on your children, though. Um, they are, they are special, they are special kids and yeah. they're going to do great things. And they're just like, you know, you, me or anybody else, they're going to be successful. Absolutely. No matter what they do. Can we talk about the cool truck? Yeah, dude. So my kid, he, uh, man, he got his driver's permit, uh, yesterday. We were able to, uh, find a 1989 Jeep Grand Wagoneer with the wood on the sides. It's got, uh, you know, a little bit of a lift and, uh, again, it's another deal. That's where, such a cool first truck. Oh yeah. Oh no, we lucked out. We're super fortunate, but uh, it came at you know another friend's misfortune. He was let go in the oil field. A guy that uh, kind of met through Facebook Marketplace. He worked for uh, you know a service company and right. 
Uh, but yeah, he did it up right, man. Like I'm not a tinker guy. Like I'm not how much, either. how much is your time worth? And I'm not going to be hitting a carburetor with a hammer trying to figure things out. So I've never been a Lego guy either. Oh yeah. yeah. Growing up. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm just not a tinkerer. Oh yeah. But no, he did it right. He put in a, uh, a 2000 Chevy, you know, five, three, four tech engine with the new transfer case and transmission. And so it's a perfect daily driver. And, uh, it's funny. One of my customers, uh, which kind of, you know, gave us the idea to do something different. He has a OJ Simpson Bronco as his daily driver. So he was kind of a bad influence in my life. That's legit. But, oh, dude, it's awesome. It's so awesome. That really is. But he is a tinker guy. And it's it's things, it's fun things you can do with your kids. So we've, uh, you know, trying to take apart and fix the back window or, you know, little little things. We but can you get do. to have that experience with your son, though. You oh, know? I mean, that's yeah. something that, you know, he'll probably do, too, to his children. Oh, yeah. No, he's he's a super good dude, man. I just... I'm so blessed and fortunate, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Yep. I like how you measure success, too. Your oh, impact on others. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, you just got to stay positive, man. Do the best you can, and it's all going to work out or not. And if it doesn't, that's okay, too. Exactly. But, no, it's just, it's funny how life, you just kind of turn the pages, and it's like pages of a book, man. So my wife, she also, she had a brain tumor at one time. Uh, we were able to get that removed. So it's like you got the... You know, go back to the field as soon as you have your kids. You got the brain tumor. You got the, you know, and you're just turning pages in a book. That's you life. just keep the best attitude you can. So, uh, another. You know, that's, that's, I'm sorry. I'll get no, to, no, but, no. That's, but that's a great point. I mean, oftentimes, I mean, one little bad thing sticks with people and that ruins their entire day. You know what I mean? Oh, you yeah. get a little piece of bad news or you, you, know, or you get something, an interaction didn't go the way you wanted to. And that just ruins your day. Well, and it takes so much energy to hang on to that stuff. I've got a, a good friend of mine, and, you know, he's at a family reunion. His, his aunt is griping at his dad. This is like 70 years later about not getting to sleep on the top bunk. It's like, dude, you hung on to that for like 70 years from when you're kids. It's like, you got to let it go, man. You're bringing this up now? Yeah. Like, <laughs> dude, how long can you actually hang on to that? So you just got to let that stuff go, man. That's why... You know, windshields are so big and rearview mirrors are so small. I, I, I love that. I love that idea. It's true, though. I mean, let, let it go. Don't let it be a burn stick to you and just kind of focus on the positive first. Or, or even if something negative happens, just address it. Like, okay, this happened. I'm not going to let it spoil the rest of my day. Yeah. No, but that's it, man. So we're super excited. And, and I even told that guy I bought it off of, it's like, dude, as soon as we get it fixed up, we're having to redo some of the weather stripping and some of that stuff. But uh, yeah, I'm like, dude, you're so welcome to bar anytime. That's so, so awesome. Oh, yeah. No, so we're super blessed and fortunate. But man, it's crazy, dude, dropping a, you know, a kid off at high school. Like, that is weird. Didn't see that coming. <sighs> I know. It's like I'll drop my daughter off, and she's going into like first grade. It's it feels it's like man, like, like she's growing up so fast. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, we're growing up fast too. Oh yeah. It's not yeah. like we're stuck in time. No, and it's so funny. Uh, I know you've talked about Metallica on the podcast. Oh, and yeah. Some of that stuff, mm-hmm. like. So my my little girl, uh, she's been able to go to quite a few different little concerts. I think she's seen like Taylor Swift and. Uh, Oh, who's the lady from Chicota? Uh, I have no idea. Well, the American Idol lady. Uh, Kelly Clarkson. No, nah, Kelly Clarkson. No, it's... Uh, anyways, I can't think of her name. Everybody's going to punch me in the face over that deal, but... Uh, that'll be your first it's fight. It's like the most... Yeah, it'll be my first fight. Yeah, she's like the most famous Oklahoma singer ever other than Garth Brooks. Okay, what's... Okay. Carrie Underwood. Oh, oh yeah, I'm so stupid. Gosh. So stupid. She's a listener, too. Oh, yeah, there you go. But yeah, so my daughter's been to all these wonderful concerts and stuff, and my son, he had never been to a concert, and he's okay. like... I think this is probably a couple years ago, so he's probably like 14, well, 13. 
And uh, I was like, dude, you ever been to a concert? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, well, well, what concert you been to? And he said, well, you remember when we were down there at Chip and Joanna Gaines' place, and they had that guy on the guitar playing there for everybody. And I was like, oh, buddy. That's live music. Like, That's oh, live buddy. music, son. Oh, buddy. So anyways, yeah. So I was able to get him to his first concert uh, when Metallica did their tour. Come on. So, yeah, so it was pretty funny. What was that, 2018? Uh, it was like 17? a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 2017. Yeah. I went to the one I went to when they came. They sounded awesome. Oh, dude, it was so great. They were Except, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. No, it was so good. And then I saw Guns N' Roses probably about two months after that, and I'm like, Jesus, Axel. Like, <laughs> oh, go, gross. Axel, you look like a Karen right now. Oh, yeah. 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 Horrible. Uh, but it's so funny because my son, he's such like an Ed Sheeran guy. And, oh really? Uh, yeah, we what you, actually. What do, you, what do you think? Um, we actually left early. How early? At the very though? end. Of, we we made it through the whole thing. Oh, that's just, fine then. Oh yeah, he had you know he had a headache. Keep the second keep the second encore because I don't. Here's the deal. I like going to shows like that, but I don't like dealing getting in and out. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. I oh, just yeah. don't. Oh yeah, dude. I get in such a bind with my family. Like even for the fireworks. Like oh, as soon as it hit, up, it's like dude, run, 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 get to the car. I actually try to miss the grand finale so I can get to the car oh, early. Yeah, absolutely. It's because that to me, that to me, just like negates everything. I'm like, ah, yeah. I don't want to do this again. But it's so funny. So like my little girl, uh, we talked about how we're exactly the same. And dude, like her favorite song now is like Master of Puppets. You know. And uh, I don't know. It's just so funny, man. My my. Uh, every time I drop my daughter off, uh, it was "Painted Black" by Rolling Stones, <laughs> and now now it's um, uh, "TNT" by ACDC. There you go. And then uh, it's um, she loves ACDC right now. You know, I'm trying to introduce her like Black Sabbath. <laughs> so now it's like, hey, who's singing? She's like, uh, this is Dio for Blacks. I'm like, that's right. Uh, who's better? She's like Ozzy. I'm like, that's right. There you go. That is yeah. right. My little girl, she's wearing ACDC T-shirt to to school the other day, so it's kind of funny. I love it. I love how like they're catching the music that we grew up on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not by choice. We're shoving it down their throats. Well, you know. (laughs) But, I mean, there's so much, you know, and you talk about making content and things. It's like, how could our kids ever get caught up? Like, there's so many good movies that they can watch. Like, I mean, but it's so funny how bad some of them are, too. Like, say, uh, you know, The Great Outdoors. Like, you don't think about the language in it or The Goonies until you're watching it with your kids. And you're like, oh, no, no, don't say that. Oh, no, 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 no. So we started watching Splash. (laughs) <laughs> okay and we thought that was a cute little mermaid movie but oh, i guess yeah. i haven't seen it in like 25 years and the f- opening scene this kid's dropping change and looking up girl's skirts i was like okay we're uh, good we're enough. And, That's enough. We're done. and then and then there's a pg movie and there's a there's a, a playboy in there it's like what uh, what 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 a time yeah. back in the eighties like you get away with anything back it's then crazy. yeah yeah but the goonies will that's one that'll surprise you on how many uh yeah, the uh, language they chose. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's like a PG, are you sure? Yeah. And then I'm you're like, like, well, we grew up fine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think you can definitely tell the difference between the... Uh, the new PGs versus the old PGs? Well, yeah, and I was going to say the kids that got spanked versus the uh, the timeouters, you know, and they're coming back to haunt us. Yes, so, yes. Uh, but we all make decisions, man. Some are good, some are bad. I like know? I like watching those uh, those old, like, you know, Princess Bride and, uh, oh, like, yeah. showing her, like, hey, this, you're, trust me, you're going to like this one. And, oh, yeah. and she, did, she ends up loving it. Oh, yeah. A tray you on the... Oh, my God. Never-ending story. We just that. watched that. That scene with the horse in the mud hey um oh my god yeah yeah, yeah. no that's uh that's one that'll bring bring tears to you tears that's to another you gotta change your shirt man and you know what i watched that recently that main kid reading that book in that attic he is such a wuss like i ain't <laughs> like i watching that i was like oh i want to be him growing up like when when i'm his age now i'm watching yeah. i'm like that dude's a wuss like oh dude oh, he was such a ba- like, oh better like he was just like i'm like 
every mannerism he did, I'm like, dude, stop. Like, yeah, stop. he's the reason I don't read books. Yeah, exactly. So. Because of you. Because of you, because man. Of you. That's it. No, that's the other deal, man. I can't stand reading. And my wife, dude, she can. Do you do oh, audiobooks? She will through. I do do audiobooks. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, but it's like your eyes are like reading through the page and you're like, and Miss Smith said, and it's like, Miss Smith, I had a teacher named Miss Smith, and blah, blah, blah. And you, you keep going, and you're all the way at the way? bottom of the page and you're like, oh my gosh, all I thought about was third grade. What type of books do you usually listen to? Oh man, all the self help, you know, Is like rich dad, books? poor dad, you know, just trying to, you know, one of those things. I think uh, we'd talked a little bit earlier that, uh, you know, I've got a good friend that works with his dad, um, and they've got their own little oil production company, yeah. and uh, you know, they get just get to spend every day together, you know, rebuilding pump jacks and keeping things running. And so, I think at some point, once my kids get to a specific age, I think it'd be fun to try to help them kind of start their own deal, or yeah. you know, and maybe be a little part of, it, maybe a little so silent what, partner is that on why the you're side. These or, uh, books. Oh yeah, man. And then I can pass along all that wonderful knowledge about cash flowing, and you know, oh, all your all that rigs talk. to real estate, and yeah, yeah. So. I don't know. We'll see what happens, but... Do you do, you do any uh, pleasure reading? No. No? No. You, you kind of feel bad doing any pleasure reading these days. You're like, oh, I'm not stacking. I'm not being as productive as I should be. Right, right. That's also productive, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's chicken soup for the soul. That's it, man. That's, that's it. it. So, uh, but yeah, man, that's... Uh, that's about my that's about my life. Well, I dig, man. I'm glad you came in today and uh, and uh, just opened up and kind of told us uh, kind of your background and your story. And I love your attitude, man. Oh, I, and I, I think your clips are great. And again, everyone, this is uh, this is Bryson Varner, the accounts manager, technical sales at Cathedral Energy Services. And I highly recommend everyone to go check him out, hook up with him on LinkedIn, shoot him a note, say hello, and watch his videos because it's gold. Dude, I appreciate it. And I brought you some stuff, brought you some deer jerky. I was really going to try to bring you some rail mushrooms. And, uh, but man, they're just not popping off real quick. Yeah, so, no, I don't think they're legal here yet. So, story, wait. <laughs> the so, morel mushroom? Give me this. Uh, no, no, <laughs> joking around. All right. Give yeah, me, yeah. So, give me the story behind this deer because it so, seems like there's a story behind this. Well, anytime you eat that, you need to think about my hairy legs. So, I always, every time I eat something i always okay there okay, you go okay. so my friends and i we have this horrible bet it's like this deer camp deal and uh anyways it started off where it's like dude we got to do a deer management program we got to start killing these does and i was like dude i am a trophy hunter like i'm not it you know whatever and but i get it yeah. so we started this bet where the last person to kill a doe every year has to shave their legs and uh <laughs> i have been very fortunate that i have not had to shave my legs yet so so, but, uh, so think of your hairy legs. That's it, man. All right, I'll tell you what. If you if it ever gets to the point where you do have to shave your legs, that has to be uh, a video. There you go. We can do it. We can do it for that's sure. The, that's that's the content. That's the content Moving right there. Forward. So, but yeah. And as soon as those morel mushrooms start popping, man, I'll uh, we got to get, get you back. We got to get you back down so. here. Then there you go. Absolutely. But now, man, I am so super grateful. Uh, just can't thank you enough. Well, I'm glad we connected, and you know how we did. Ryan Rogley uh, connected us. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah he's like, comment. yeah. He's like, y'all need to, y'all need to hook up and all this stuff. And we just kind of uh, shot you a note, and you gave me a call, and then the rest is history. That's it, man. No, just, I just, just figured it out. Just a funny little deal, man. Just like critters. Well, thank you for the hairy leg uh, deer jerky. There you go. And man. I think I'm gonna uh, try some of this. And uh, again, everyone, uh, uh, Bryson Varner, the accounts manager, at Cathedral Energy Services, great guy, just great attitude. Uh, um, uh, I enjoyed just you kind of a. Uh, diving in and telling us about kind of not only your your personal, I mean, your professional story, but also the personal story and kind of what makes you tick and uh, what your definition of success is. I really do appreciate that. Absolutely, man. I hope you have a beautiful day, man. Thank man, you. Man, I wish you the best, brother. All right. You have a safe trip back. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in and uh, talk to you. Talk to everyone soon.